going to start at verse 14. He says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge us that if one dies for all, then all die. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I love the little bit, it's the first part of 18. Now, all things are of God. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for this service, for your presence that here, Lord. I pray that your presence will continue through this word and just magnify this word in our hearts this morning. Lord, I pray that you're continually creating new stuff in our hearts. Yes, we have the one birth. We're saved. We're justified. We're born again. That's the new thing. The Lord, you continue it. It's not just about salvation and justification, but it's about sanctification. The Lord, you continue work with the seed that's inside of us. The Lord, before we can grow, before we can be what you want us to be, that direction our life, we need to know that you are in the sacrifice. Not according to the flesh, but according to your birth. Let me find out your place to have your way to this world. There's a story I read this week about a young boy after the Civil War. Uh, not, the, not after the Civil War, he came up to this uh, farm in Ohio, and it was a Taylor farm. And the Taylor farm was a very prominent, rich farm and a uh, very prominent family. It had a name, everybody knew him in Ohio. And this young boy came up and needed a place to stay and needed a job. And so the owner, which Mr. Taylor owned the farm, he put him to work. And so every day for about two years, this boy, he uh, did the hay, he fed the cows, he, he worked. He, he, even, he, he got to eat inside of the kitchen every night, but he slept in the barn hall for two years. And as, as, as time went on, Mr. Taylor had a dog. And this boy and Mr. Taylor's daughter fell in love, and, and he wanted to marry Mr. Taylor's daughter. So he went to him one day. So I've been working with you for two years, and, and he said, I've been trying to work hard, and I love your daughter, and I want to take her, and, 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 and I just want to marry her. And the daddy said, no, you're not going to marry my daughter. And the young boy asked, said, well, how come you don't want to marry your daughter? He said, number one, you're poor. Number two, you have no name. You have no wealth in your name, and so what my family is from. He said, You have no direction in your life. You're not marrying my daughter. Well, it upset the boy, and they couldn't get married, so he put all this stuff in his bag out of the top of the wall, and he left. Just walked away from the farm, walked away from his love, walked away from the tailors, the, the, the wealth of his farm, everything. He walked away from it. 25 years later, Mr. Taylor and some of his men went inside to tear down the barn to build a new one, to make a bigger barn, to hold more hay and grain. And as they were tearing it down, they were looking on the walls, they looked on the rafters, and they realized the boy that stayed in that hay loft for two years wrote his own name out. His name was Jim, with all the tailors doing about For two years, Jim. As they looked on the walls of the rafters, it said James A. 
can't judge your salvation, but I can judge your fruit, and time will tell. Amen? This is good stuff. Because this is why the church is not having a revival. This is why the church is not overcoming and having victories and breaking chains and strongholds. we got a house full of lost people that have truly just walked the aisle because a friend did, or they got transformed in their mind, but truly did they get old things passed away, Wanda, and truly new things by the Holy Spirit, new birth inside of them. A new birth. I, I always put it this way. When I got saved, and I, I could tell a difference. Amen? If you're in here today and you say, I can't tell a difference. When I came down that aisle, and I kneeled and... and Get away from me, devil! When I come down, you're going to turn me down because there's no telling where I'm going to stop preaching. So you might want to watch me and turn me off at that point, amen? When I get going, I want to be all for God, amen? But when you come down to that altar and you sit there and you kneel down, you can ask, you just say the word. And listen, buddy, you need to be the one that is completely surrendered and invited Jesus into your heart. Do not let a preacher say the prayer for you. Amen? He's not the one that needs a new birth. You are the one that are being convicted and led to the throne room of God to accept old things that passed away, and I'm fixing to get new life inside of you. When you get new life inside of you, it's a change. When you get new life, you don't go right back out to your old ways and do what you want to do and live in that simple lifestyle. Because old things are gone. Now, does that mean you're, not, you're going to fail? You're not going to, I'm not saying you don't sin. Amen? I'm not saying you don't think bad thoughts and you get saved. Because some of y'all want to knock your boss and co-worker out in the name of Jesus last week. Amen? But don't tell me I, I got saved, I got perfect. That's wrong. But see, we got to quit judging people in their flesh. You'll get faked out by their flesh. Got to be a new. They got a metamorph. I mean, metamorphosis got to take place on the inside. That butterfly has got to come to life. And I always say, time will tell when people are truly converted, justified, born again, saved, new birth, whatever you want to call it, filled with the Holy Ghost, however you want to call it. It's salvation, and it's all from Jesus Christ's redemption work on the cross that gives us that new life. Amen. And so there's there's many people. That's why Jesus, there's going to be many people standing one day in front of Jesus and say, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity, depart from me. I'm not preaching scared nobody to listen. I can preach on hell five Sundays in a row. And if you're in Christ and know your identity, Amen. You need to know that you know that you know. That's what the book of John says. You need to know because if you don't get that part right, going into this new year, you can't walk and be the child of God that God wants you to be. You've been faking people out for years. You can only go so long faking people out. It's too hard to work. Amen? It's too hard to work trying to fake you out every week. Amen. I can't keep it up in my flesh and take people out, Levi. I've got to have my new identity, and I am what I am by the grace of God. Now, that don't mean I'm going to 
a sudden, when the Holy Spirit comes in in that moment, you realize you're a sinner, and you need Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you're completely broken, and you invite Him into your heart, and it's a truly conversion change. The Holy Spirit mixes blood, and I go, plop, plop, and all of a sudden, it just starts this. That's the reaction of a new, the Holy Spirit in our new birth, a new creation, something new is being formed by the Holy Spirit. It's called new life. From that moment on, the Holy Spirit comes to reside and live inside of you. And the day you take the you go to heaven. There's two things that will never die. A child of God and the Word of God. They'll, they're eternal. The Bible says the grass withers, the Word of God abides forever. When you get saved and have eternal life, you live for eternity with Jesus Christ. Amen? How many of y'all agree with me? Amen? Good deal. We're on the right track. We've got a good start. So that new creation is kind of like, you see, I don't know about y'all, but I, I still, there is a struggle. There's a struggle between what I was and there's a struggle between what I was and what God wants me to be. Do y'all have that? Just give me an amen if you are. There's still that struggle. I have the new birth inside of me. I know I'm going to heaven. Through the world, I've got a guarantee of the Holy Spirit, a deposit down in my spirit by the Holy Spirit, guaranteeing me eternal life. But man, I still have goofy thoughts. I still talk out of my head sometimes. Amen? I still sometimes wonder, where did that come from? Because there's a struggle inside of me between what I was and what God wants me to be. And in between these two places, I would be called this the security. Because when there's a new bird, I look, everybody loves butterflies. We used to have a tree in our yard. And every spring, I would go into that cocoon, and they'd be hanging four, five, six, seven, eight, ten of these cocoons, and I knew they were butterflies. And so one day, I was walking by this cocoon, and I went by that, and I wanted to look at them. I was looking at them all hanging there, and all of a sudden, they started, man, it's just wild in there. started shaking and quivering, and, and I thought at first it was just weird. And I got to watching that cocoon, and the more it shook, and, and I thought, man, what's going on? And I got to make it. He's trying to get out. He wants help. So I just took the cocoon down and I ripped it open. And then when I opened it up, it was the wettest, ugliest looking butterfly you've ever seen. His wings were all crinkled. And I laid him down, had a little ball for it right there by this tree. And I seen him on the concrete and I'm moving my finger. And he could just And I was going, fly, you butterfly. I said, maybe he'll dry out here a little bit and he'll fly. And so I waited for him to dry out, and when he blew, I came back and checked him, and he could barely walk. And that butterfly never flew. He died right there on the ground. So when I was thinking about that this week, we're the same way in our new birth between what I was and what God wants me to be. There's a cocoon that we're all struggling with. Everybody in here has to struggle with what I used to be and what God wants me to be. And here's the problem, that cocoon, transformation is a struggle. If you're going to be transformed by the power of God, it's a struggle. Transforming to be a man or woman of God, it's a struggle. 
People think I get saved. It's just a, a nice little picture to look, smell the roses. I'm going to be transformed into a heavenly son of the king. Man, you've been watching TV Disney channels. Me too, apparently. I'm preaching about it. This isn't Disney, folks. This is real life. And so we try to help ourselves out. We try to help other people. And sometimes we've got to let people struggle. Sometimes God leaves me alone and lets me struggle. Because inside that cocoon, I'm always shaking and moving in my cocoon. God says, that's me. Because he said he's getting stronger. Just like that butterfly that I tore open, I, had, I should have left it and he would leave it. Because the more he worked his wings and shook and struggled, transformation was being taking place inside that cocoon. So every day that it shook, it might have went on for a week, his wings were getting stronger until one day, poof, he just busts out of the cocoon. He had the strength to do it, and then he could fly. The reason a lot of us aren't flying is because we're always crying about our struggle. We come to church whining. Instead of coming and knowing our identity in Christ, that He's going to work all things out for His good according to His plan to those that love and are called according to His purpose. But we'll come into church on Sunday morning and we look like the most defeated people there. We look worse than lost people. Amen. Man, a saved, no salvation, no joy field is a worse-looking living sucker than a lost person. Amen? They're worse. Because now everybody knows their flesh is telling everybody, I got Jesus' identification. And they're going, if you got Jesus, I'm making it better than you, brother, and I don't even go to church. I live better than you, and I don't even go to church. I don't need to go sing songs on Sunday. I'm morally better than you are. See where we're at in church? That's why people don't come to church. Because, hey, if you want to ID yourself as a Jesus freak, I'm living better than you are. You call yourself a child of the King? I helped out many people last week give them money. I don't go to church, but... More fact, probably all people get more than Christians do in the church. <laughs> and that's sad. We went from a shouting Baptist to a sucker. Amen. You see, now we're hitting home. It's more than hallelujah, new birth. It is, am I living what's inside of me? And then people may be sitting here saying, I'm just so tired of him preaching that. Well, start showing your ID and look like a child of the king. Amen? What do you think Jesus spoke to the fig tree? A new creation. There's a struggle inside of it. You don't have that struggle. You go to this church and you can be the happiest family in the world, think you found the greatest place to worship, and hear the word, and you're still going to grow in Christ and struggle. Amen? Yes, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. But there's got to be a cocoon effect in you to go to the next level where Jesus wants you to go walking in faith. 
saved. He said, Brother George, I want to go to the next level of Jesus. Anything you'll see, you go to the next level, there's always a new devil. Go to the next level, there's another devil waiting. Go to the fifth level. He's there waiting. I mean, it's worse than Jesus. Amen. He's waiting on By the way, I get you in these crazy things all the time on my Facebook coming places. Transformation is a struggle. It is a struggle. Now, here's the problem. Sometimes the reason it's a struggle for us is we don't allow, because this is, the, the seed has been planted into the heart. Everyone who's sitting this morning, the, the Word of God is the seed. Can you go to that, Michelle, and or if you think it's Peter that I have that I give you. <laughs> now here's the first one in, in, in 1 Peter 1 22 says, You have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the, through the Spirit in sincere love of brethren. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, there it is. What born again mean? New life, salvation, justification. Born again. You wasn't reborn from your flesh, but from your spirit you've been reborn on the inside. Make news. Not of a corruptible seed, but an incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides. What I tell you a while ago, forever. The word of God is not going to disappear. It's going to be alive. No matter. I, I got news for the donkey and the elephant. Get you on the stage this country. Amen. So if you got a favorite donkey, he ain't going to save us. Or if you've got a favorite elephant, he's not going to save us. This nation has to be turned back to the Almighty God and walk in His presence. There's no politician going to come in there and save this country from being oppressed by the devil. And that's what this country is, is oppressed by the devil. You say, I don't believe that, Brother George, but... Maybe you need to check your spirit. And man, some of that stuff I watch and my spirit bears with that, I know exactly when it's the devil. That's why he give us discerning spirit. The Holy Spirit's inside of us filtering everything that comes through between my six inches and my blank hand. Every day the Holy Spirit's trying to filter, 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 filter. Because the seed, he's got the new birth, but there's a seed trying to be produced and walk with God, a relationship with God. And close to what it's a seed. And, and most of us today, we're going to get in our cars, and that seed is never going to be able to settle in our seed. Amen? How many, let, me, let me throw a little survey out here for all you Christian Baptist people. How many of y'all left here with that great services, and before you get home, you and your spouse had a Amen. It has never failed. Have one of the greatest services. Spirit of God moving. And me and Neville will have a spat when we get home. The devil said, I'm coming in taking all, I'm tearing all these things out. Because we don't allow, we hear the word of God. He that has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says. But then we get in the car and we never allow the spirit to settle, the seed to settle in our spirit. Because we work more well, when we get to church, we fix our soil up with the real good. Amen. It's Sunday, we gotta fix the soil. 
the soil. Make my soil look good. Man, we come all in to play the soil. Man, you listen to soul music on the way to church. I mean, you got your soul ready because we're coming into the house. Feed me, Jesus, my soul. But then Monday through Saturday, it's rocky and the devil sold everything. You got birds flying in your house, on your job, in your car, picking up every seed that God deposited in your spirit, and you wonder why you're dry and not on fire for Jesus is the seed that and not only that, we're giving in the devil participating with him and saying, here, just take my seat. I always say this, if you can't do something to place the name of Jesus on it, it ain't no Jesus. Remember that. That will keep us walking in our new birth. That will keep that seed to be settled right seed, plus the right soil, plus the right environment, your seed's going to grow. And listen, there's nothing more important than you growing as a child of God. Growing in here. This is what we got to have in our church. We can feel this building up every Sunday, but if we don't have people wanting to get the right seed and the right soil and get around the right environment, this church will fail. We will not grow as a church body if all you want to do is hear me preach. Amen. It got quiet in the house of God. But see, sooner or later, that seed that keeps settling in you and then sprouts and starts growing, you can't sit still. You've got to get up and do something for God. It shouldn't take you 16 years to figure out what God wants you to do. We got professional Christians with unopened gifts. They're professional pew setters. They got their name on it. I've been sitting here for 40 years going to so-and-so Baptist church. Amen. I got a pack of my grandma on the back wall. Woo! And churches are more expensive. I'm all excited about honoring people in the church to give their service to God. We've got people here we've honored, but when that plaque becomes bigger than God in the church, we're doomed at Pleasant Hill. We're doomed. Doomed. I don't mind having a picture of me and put up in the church. Don't worship me. Oh, we can't build a building unless Grandma's picture goes in the back part. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I preach in a lot of churches and they're so dead set on their old tradition. Tradition is good if it's leading you to the cross and living water. We got tradition here at Pleasant Hill. Since I've been here 12 years, we got tradition. But I've got to make sure that our traditions are leading us and our seed is growing since it's around a dead horse for 20 years Tradition is no good if it's killing us. We can do it because it's the only time. This is why God's church is growing today with the seed. It's all about the seed. That's why I didn't hear you. Thank God. I know when I'm preaching good, everything's just quiet. 
I'm not saying we won't have tradition in this church, but we need to worship Jesus first because that's who gave us the church he died for. Amen? He died for the church and he died to give you a new birth. And so you've got to have the right to see. Here's the, here's the deal. If you want to grow, you've got to let God's nature expand inside of you. Because here's what a lot of us does in church. Let's just say we got, i got a seed here. Say i got a handful of beans here. These are not beans. I want to see. Purple, no. What kind of beans? Oh, I love butter beans. Butter beans. Good. Uh, something to give that Something in corn beans. Oh, my goodness. Let's have us close. I mean, let's have food. Amen. But let's say i got a whole handful of butter beans. And here's this is this represents kind of like the seed of if I've got butter beans, then what are they going to grow? Butter beans, they're not going to grow acorns. Amen? Acorns grow acorns. I, I know that's a big debate, acorns, but I, I call them acorns. Amen? It's kind of like the word, you know? Acorns. And so when I have, here's what most of us do when we get in such a religious routine. We'll bring our butter beans to the zoo. I'm going to take my seat to church. I'm going to sit in front of you and give me a place. And I'm going to sit my little butter beans there with me. And we're going to worship Jesus. Hold my butter beans. And I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to preach and read scriptures over all the seats that I got my hands in the Bible. Then I'm going to call these groups up in an invitation. Then we're going to pray with my butter beans. And then I'm going to go on Monday night. I'm going to go to the men's room. And we're going to, I'm going to bring my butter beans in. And then, then they're having a cleanup this Saturday in church. I'm bringing my babies in. I'm going to be ministering outside of church and my brother. All we're doing is religious activity with our beans. Them beans aren't growing. You're doing a lot of stuff. And you got to be careful about doing a lot of stuff in church and forget about your beans. You can carry the church every Sunday. Most of us carry seeds back every Sunday. But we don't have them in the right soil, the right environment, so they can do it. Why do I say that? Because me preaching today it's been about 33.2 seconds. Minutes I've been preaching. Your seed is not going to grow just from one sermon on Sunday. Yes, you're in the right environment. Yes, you're around the right people in the right environment. You get in the right seat. But it's when we leave out of here that we think everybody out. And we wonder why the church isn't growing. Because when we leave here, we think everybody else out there is waiting. And they say, hey, you've got to show me some ideas. You got Let's even go better than that. Show me some ideas. You're a Christian. See, we think people out on their job. We think the family out. Because we really haven't got the new birth.
And I'm not kidding you around. No, I'll see the bitch in here. I'll come back in on Monday and look at the bulls that come here. Fingers straight right here in this chair. The bulls won't sure keep on him yesterday. And then I noticed, I'll come back and there'll be another hand held next to me. Then it might be over here, I'm on the back of this chair. Then it'll be over here on this chair. You know what? They were good to see that thing. But that means the Holy Spirit's trying to get people to grow. He's trying to get people to come to the cross and get the real thing. Not just churchy stuff. You might have all the nice churchy lingo in the world and you quote scripture to you know, the cross.